another wake-up call for you. Welcome to Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. freaking Aaron Wiseman. And I am talking with Dr. Leslie Cadet today. She dropped some major mom truth bombs, like you're not doing motherhood wrong, and that we all have preconceived notions of what motherhood was supposed to look like compared to the actual reality. She drops on us that motherhood is not our jobs. Mm, that's a good one. And she preaches quality over quantity time. So hop into this conversation with us, and I hope it encourages you in your motherhood. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, my friend and colleague, Dr. Leslie Cadet. Girl, it's so great to have you here with me today. Thank you, Erin. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Tell all the people out in podcasting world a little bit about your fabulous self and, and all the something somethings you're doing in the world. I work in Southern California as an occupational medicine physician, and my job is to help workers who are injured at work recover their health and get back to work as soon as possible. So I do a lot of workers comp. I was formerly in the Air Force and I'm also a single mom. So I have two lovely boys that I take care of outside of my normal nine to five job. You are a rock star. We were talking about before we got on the, the recording that I don't know how you single moms do it. I've already told my husband, if he kicks the bucket and dies, that I am getting a wife. <laughs> yes. You know, it's very difficult being a single mom. I'm not going to lie. I think part of the way that I'm making it work, number one, is my faith. So faith in God, faith that I'm not going through this journey by myself. And then number two, it really takes phenomenal organizational skills. So I joke that my cell phone calendar is my second brain, because if it is not in that calendar, it is not happening. It ain't happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It is not happening. And so, you know, being a single mom uh, was not something that I elected to do voluntarily, but it came as a consequence of being in an abusive relationship. And so I think one of the things that I strive to do is just hold up a light for other single moms and let them know that no matter how awful the situation is, you can make choices to turn the ship around. And it doesn't mean turning the ship around is easy, but it is definitely possible if you put yourself in conversations with the right people and just get your your mind in a place where you're not going to be conquered by what's going on in your personal life. Mm, Super powerful. And yeah, that's your word for today, which is motherhood. So tell us a little bit deeper and a little bit more Uh, why you picked the word motherhood and a little bit more about your story. So motherhood is a really important word to me because I think most women growing up in America, we are socialized that at some point we, we will become mothers. And so I grew up with a mom who stayed at home with me and my younger sister. And so I have that as my ideal situation. But it just so happened that I was really good at science, really good at math. And at a young age, I knew I wanted to be a physician and it wasn't necessarily in my mind to purposely try to find a husband so that I could be a stay-at-home mom too. I just thought I want to be a physician and whatever else comes, comes. 
And so now that I'm a physician, as, as I was going through the process, I actually had my children in medical school. And I can remember having a lot of moments of self-doubt where I felt like I was doing motherhood wrong because I wasn't a stay-at-home mom. And I was in the library all hours of the day. And I was on my sub-eye all hours of the night. And there were times when I didn't even get to see my kids all day. And I would just beat myself up with thoughts about how horrible of a mother I was. But it really took me coming to an understanding that motherhood is not necessarily your job. You could be a stay-at-home mom. You could be a working mom outside of the home. And motherhood is about your intentionality towards your children. It's about putting their needs above your own. And so you can be a working mom and you are teaching your kids what it's like to be self-sufficient, what it means to study hard, what it means to tackle different challenges in a work environment. So even though you're not with your kids 24 hours a day, there are still a lot of really important life lessons that you're teaching them. So my kids understand the importance of going to work. So, you know, I mentioned being in an abusive relationship. One of the problems I was faced with is being married to a spouse who did not value work. And so now I have the opportunity to teach my kids that it is important to go to work. We were actually designed to go to work. And there are health benefits, social benefits, and then you actually get paid so that you can buy your food, pay for your shelter, buy your video games. And so instilling work ethic in my children is something that's really come as a direct result of me having to get out and go to work every day. And so now instead of beating myself up that I'm not able to spend every waking moment with them, I really cherish the opportunities that we do get to spend together. Gosh, that's such a struggle that I think many physician moms have is the story that they're telling themselves that they're doing motherhood wrong. Yes. And we really need to, I call it change lanes. You are in this lane where you have these preconceived notions about what motherhood is supposed to be when you have the power to make that definition for yourself. So when you're in a rut and you're using a lot of negative self-talk, you have to consciously be aware that, oh, I'm talking negatively to myself. I need to switch lanes. What are the positives associated with me being a physician mom? Hmm. Well, when Timmy comes home and he says that his knee hurts, I actually know what to do. And I've just saved us four hours from urgent care. Hmm. I actually have the capability to help Tommy with his science project or his algebra problems or whatever the situation may be. The fact that we've overcome the hurdles of becoming physicians means that we are more than equipped to help our children as they go through their various struggles through life. So I think that physician moms are just as capable as stay-at-home moms and that we're no worse off. Because, you know, there's a lot of stay-at-home moms who their focus is social media. Their focus is going to get every nail painted every other day. And so it's just about perspective. There are some stay-at-home moms where they're very much devoted to growing their children, just like there's some work moms who are more concerned about the next project that's due as opposed to pouring in real quality time with your kids. So it, motherhood is really what you make of it. 
And I really love how you say that motherhood is not a job, it's an intention. Because that was something for me that kids, and I've spoken about this before on the podcast, and I hope when my kids are older and they listen to this podcast, it doesn't offend them, but motherhood was just supposed to be another checkbox for me. But it fundamentally changed me, I think, because it jerked me into that role of like, hey, this is an intentional shift. And that's where I kind of got lost and it got a little off course when I was trying to be the perfect Pinterest mom, is I almost made it my job to be the super mom. And then when I realized, like, that's not the kind of mom I want to be. Like, I don't I don't really care if we make all the cupcakes. Like, it's okay. <laughs> yes. We'll go buy them. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, you know, another struggle I think that a lot of physician moms have, at least the ones that I coach with, is the guilt and regret of spending the amount of time, resources, and energy into their career that they see other moms doing into their children. What can you speak to that with the mom guilt? I decided when I was in medical school that I was going to make a sacrifice in terms of the type of physician I was going to become, right? So I've already had two kids. And I can make a choice to become a gynecologist or a surgeon, specialties that traditionally have a really hard residency life, or I could go after something that may not have been as prestigious, but the family life aspect was on par. So that was one of the reasons why I chose occupational medicine. Very family-friendly hours, no nights, no weekends, no call. And so I would say for the mom who is a surgeon or the mom who is a gynecologist, you have a choice about how many hours you want to work. You have a choice about what type of work you're doing. There's a lot of consulting positions that would still allow you to use your expertise without sacrificing the additional hours with your children. And so women, the majority of us, are faced with this really hard decision about do I make sacrifices on the career end or the family end? And so each one of us have to make that decision for ourselves where we like to prioritize our time. But I think there is a way to finagle it a bit to where you can still get the best of both worlds. I think too, like always giving yourself the chance to change is really important. Yeah, it is unfortunate that medicine was built for men with working or with stay-at-home wives. It really was. And I think we just needed to be honest about like, we are entering a world that was not built with us in mind, but there are more opportunities changing with all of that. And what I say to the moms too, who are kind of just drowning in mom guilt is like, listen, when you got pregnant, and you pop that little child out, you did not know the course of what it was going to take or what it was going to be like, how your life is. But if today you are waking up in awareness, you can make those changes today. Because I think a lot of us had that preconceived notion of like, this is how it's going to be. And like, I'm just going to breastfeed like crazy. And everybody's going to be understanding. And like, in my case, it didn't happen. And so like, Allowing yourself the permission to pivot, I think, is is critical. And really, really naming the mom guilt in our lives and look at how we are coping with it. Are we avoiding it? Are we pushing it aside? Are we placating it with gifts? Are we drowning ourselves in wine o'clock? 
like, I think it's really important that, that we name what is going on because if you don't name it, you can't face it. And then once you can face it, cause I've been there, I've been there with mom guilt and like, Ooh, should I really take my kids because they don't see me any other time to the babysitters or should I keep them around? And then they'd be crazy while I'm trying to record podcasts. Like, yeah, like I think the hashtag, the struggle is real is, is definitely true with that. But I think too, that's when I always push people back to quality versus quantity. That's exactly right. So in my case, I get home usually around 4.30. And at that point, my kids have been in the house all day because of COVID. So we have a a time where we go outside and they run around and they play. And then on days like today, they have basketball practice. So by the time we get home, it's about 6.30 in the evening and they have homework to do. And so rather than frustrate myself by trying to do work items while I'm trying to help them with homework, I just prioritize. And I say, you know what, from the time that I get home until they go to bed, that is really my time to pour into my children because I've made a choice to be out of the home during that time. And so I'm really strict with their bedtimes. And by eight o'clock, whether the homework is done or not, you go to bed. And that's because you need to have enough rest for the next day. And I need an opportunity to catch up on whatever items I need to catch up on, like doing my self-care. You know, we wake up, what, 5, 5.30 in the morning. And as moms, we're running until well after everyone in the house has gone to bed. And so we need time to take care of ourselves as well in order to function the next day. Yeah, so, so important. You know, I had to learn that the hard way. So when I first started doing my coaching business, you know, I was working full time as a family med doc and then I went to part time and then I increased the coaching stuff. But I was all the time. People were like, can you coach at seven o'clock? I'm like, yeah, sure. Can you coach at 830? Yeah, sure. And what I realized, one, I don't show up very good at those times because my cup is drained. But then two little creatures all over the house who you're trying to get to bed or throw like pizza at them to feed them. (laughs) And so that's, I cut the end of my day off. I do one nighttime a week, which is Sunday night. And I get a sitter so that they are taken care of. And I think it is really important to have those stop blocks to be like, no, that doesn't work for me. And I mean, I think a majority of people understand that when I'm like, no, like it's the witching hour at my house. Like I don't do any kind of coaching there. So I think it's telling that, that we can empower other women to say like, no, it's okay to have boundaries. It's okay to put limits on your schedule. You do not need to be the superwoman. It's okay. Because when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. So every time you're taking that coaching call and you know, you really are not up for it, you're saying no to your sleep. You're saying no to just a quiet space. You're saying no to doing something that gives you joy. And so putting it in that perspective has helped make it easier for me to say no. And I'm not nasty when I say no. And I don't give a bunch of excuses and rationale. I just say no. And that person's response, that is on them. It's all about them. That's why I say no is a complete sentence. Well, I want to brag a little bit on you, you know, since we jumped into the coaching You yourself are coaching single moms and recognizing the individual struggle that comes with single momming. Because like I said before, you guys got bigger cojones than I do for sure. I would have to hire like a 
thousand people, I feel like, to replace the little bits that my husband does. God love him. And you guys are doing it out in the world. So talk a little bit about specifically coaching single moms. Yeah. So the name of my coaching service is called Fan Into Flames. And it's a Christ-based coaching service for single moms. And that was born out of my experience of transitioning from a married woman to a single woman. It was very traumatic. It was not something that I had ever envisioned. But I had someone who walked alongside me and basically led me through it. And I think that's very important because sometimes in our life, we're in such a state of turmoil that we can't think clearly literally. And so if you have someone who can walk alongside you, who has clarity, who sees the path, who has the light, that can be instrumental in helping you get to the other side in a productive way. There's a lot of single moms who are doing it, but they're not doing it well. And that is to the detriment of their children. And what ends up happening is you have a repeat of the negative cycles that help lead to single motherhood in the first place. So my goal is to help single mothers kind of gather themselves, get clear on what it was that happened to them, right? So many of us are jumping from one relationship to the other, and we're not taking the time to be self-reflective and see how we can make some changes to have a better outcome in the future. So part of it is examining what has happened in the past, but we don't stay there, right? We're not victims. We are overcomers. And then it's about organizing yourself and moving forward. And for the clients that I coach, a lot of this is biblically based, right? So there's a lot of self-help information out there. There are a lot of things that our culture accepts as true. But as Christians, we're coming from a biblical perspective because we believe that is the truth. And so by helping women apply biblical principles to their lives, that's where they really see the increase. You know, it's one thing to say, I believe that God can help me. It's another to actually understand biblical principles and walk that out in your life on a day-to-day basis. And so the idea is if we can get women stronger, if we can help them to build their legacy, then that translates into stronger children who are at no lack just because they come from a single mother household. So I'm all about slashing stereotypes. You know, I'm African-American and there are a lot of stereotypes about what do black single moms look like? And so I am a black single mom who is a military veteran. I studied at Harvard. Now I'm teaching in an academic setting and I'm raising two children on my own. And my children are not thugs. My children are very smart, capable, bright, loving And so these are images, unfortunately, that we don't see on the television that often. And so I hope that just by putting myself out there and saying, hey, not that you're trying to be like me, because we each have beautiful stories that were written by God, but I'm just helping you to access your full potential. And we got to get away from this, you know, I'm a single mom, woe is me, life is so hard. Let's take control. Let's take control of the reins and get ahead. So that's what the coaching is all about. I love it. And what would you say to the woman who's listened to our conversation to take home with her from this? I would say the most important thing you have to do 
for yourself is your self-care. And that encompasses a lot of different things. It's about your spiritual relationships, your physical relationships. It's about your finances. It's about your physical health. It's about your romantic relationships. It's about the relationships that you have with your children. You are a whole person and motherhood is just one tiny part of you. So I would encourage you to take care of all parts of yourself so that you're the best mom that you can be for your kids. Oh my God, I love that so much. That encompasses my whole heart. Well, Dr. Leslie Cadet, it has been so great talking with you today. Uh, Tell people where they can find you and hang out with you. Sure, you can find me at www.fanintoflames.com or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn by typing Flame into Flames in the search box. That's right. LinkedIn is happening place, people. Get in there. Let's be connections. It's it's fun. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Cadet. I'm just so glad to call you colleague and friend. Yes, same here, Erin. Thank you so much for having me. Guys, doors are opening soon for my next Burnt Out to Badass group. I'm so excited. And did you know that the group is now lifelong? So if you join now, you get to stay in it forever, or at least until you decide when to leave. So this group consists of female physicians and other women in high-performing professional careers who are ready to tell burnout to suck it and ready to reclaim that inner badass that they are. The class provides weekly support as we work through the Burnt Out to Badass course curriculum, in addition to a whole bunch of other fun stuff. I mean, we mingle, we build community, we talk, we answer questions, you get lots of fun bonus material, merchandise. I mean, come on. And did I forget to mention lifelong membership? I would love to invite you into it. I think it's a great opportunity to get everything that you need in one place and a little Aaron Wiseman sass with that as well. So think about it. Get in here. Join us in the Burnt Out to Badass group. Link is in the show notes. Don't put it off anymore. All right, kick up encouragement time. We are going to talk about mom guilt. Raise your hand with me if you're feeling it even right now or in the past. I got two hands right now as I'm talking into the microphone saying, yes, yes, I have definitely experienced those feelings of inadequacy when it comes to mothering. You know, so many times I used to think if I was a better mom, I would homeschool our kids. I would make sure to limit their screen time to one hour. I wouldn't feed them Pop-Tarts every morning for breakfast. I would make sure they had matching socks or mostly clean underwear. If I was a better mom, my kids wouldn't have eaten all assortments of dog food or cat food. And if I was a better mom, my kids would like to do healthier activities. You feel me on those? I get into definite mom guilt at times because if you really break down what mom guilt is, it's the the feeling of not enoughness as a parent, not doing things the quote unquote right way, and that you're messing your kids up. 
it shows up like dread or panic in my life. And it may be a little bit differently to you. But the more physician moms that I coach, the more I know that mom guilt is a huge issue that we all deal with. And it comes from both internal conceptions and insecurities that are magnified by external pressures. There's actually a study from Sex Roles in 2016 that shows that working moms have a significantly more increased rate of guilt than dads. And with that, it accompanies higher anxiety levels and decreased abilities to function, work, and parent. It's not just something that we giggle and talk about. It significantly impacts our life. So I want to give you seven different things to chew on when it comes to mom guilt so that you can turn down the volume of it. Because guess what? You're an amazing parent. You do an absolutely phenomenal job for your kids. And this mom guilt, this dad guilt is stealing that joy away. So let me give you these seven tips and you start putting them into your life. One, identify the sources of guilt. Is it something from your past your parents did or did not do well? Do you have some sort of past traumas? Do you have some sort of internal expectation or compass That is way, way, way off cue on what you quote unquote should be doing in your life. Is there somebody sitting on your shoulder telling you constantly how you should be parenting and what you should be doing for your kids? It's really important to get your finger on those sources, because just like when we're looking for, you know, one of those sneaky GI bleeds, you got to find where it's at before you can really implement good treatment. So where are you having a little bit of oozing? a source of oozing of guilt, mom guilt in your life. Number two, it's important to know your truth. You are going to parent completely different than your neighbors, completely different than how your parents, completely different how your grandparents parented. So it's so important to sit back and to know your truth as a family. Some families will actually sit down and make like a mission statement of what their family is or identity statement or core values. I don't care what you do. Do as much homework as you want on it. But I want you to know your truth. And you can start by saying, in our family, we dot, dot, dot. So in the Wiseman household, in our family, we show love first and always. And so just have something that you know and you state your truth. Ask your kids. They'll love that exercise. Number three, guard your truth with boundaries. After you've established your truth, it's so, so important because remember, Boundaries are not just about keeping the bad stuff out. It's also about keeping the good in. And so know your truth and then set up those fences around it to be like, no, no, no. This is who we are. This is what we stand for. This is what we hold near and dear to our heart. And we will not let that be taken, stolen, or otherwise let it run away. Number four, listen to your intuition that bitch, she knows her stuff. So many times we negate away that little kind of feeling inside of us that something's going on. But I know you've had it when it's come to your kid and they're kind of fussy and you know that there's something going on. You're just not quite sure, but eventually you get it figured out and you're like, oh, okay, that's what it was. Keep listening to that intuition. Keep listening to that feeling and also keep listening to your children. Ask them questions engage them. This is not a one-sided relationship. They are an active participant too. So listen to your intuition, listen to your children. Number five, self-compassion. I want you to just rub yourself down with some good old self-compassion. Three statements you can say. One, this is hard. Two, 
Every mom experiences this. I am not alone. And three, I am doing the very best that I can in this moment. This is hard. Every mom experiences this. I am not alone. And I am doing the very best that I can in this moment because I know you are. I know that you are doing your absolute best while you are trying to juggle so many balls in the air. So stop beating yourself up about it. Number six, stop the compare and despair game. I want you to do some fall clean out. Uh, If there's someone on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, whatever, wherever you follow and like you see their post and you're like, and it like brings up all their mom guilt, get rid of them, block them. Yeah, they may be your best friend from college or they may be your mom's sister or what. I don't care. It is time to stop the compare and despair game because remember, Only you really know what's happening in your life and in your family, and you know your truth, and you can set your boundaries, and it doesn't give a flying flip what other people are doing what they're doing. If it is bringing you down, it is time to clean it out. Throw it in the dumpster, tell it goodbye, and maybe later you can come back and bring that in. But for right now, mm -mm, it's got to go because it is not healthy and helping you. And number seven find your tribe and love them hard. And what I mean by that is find the community that is a truly trusted space so that you can air this out and they can hear you and see you and understand you and say, yes, mama, me too. I've been there. And they're not going to try to fix things and they're not going to try to like inflate your ego and they're not going to like say, oh, it's okay and let you off. No, they're truly going to love you and show you compassion and fluff you up with love because you have earned their trust and they have earned your trust. So let me go through those again. One, identify your sources of guilt. Two, know your truth. Three, guard your truth with boundaries. Four, listen to your intuition and kids. Five, spread on that self-compassion. Six, stop the compare and despair game. And seven, find your tribe and love them hard. I'm telling you, if you can do these things, your mom guilt will be so negated. I can say over the past five years, my mom guilt went from like 110% now to like, you know, just a measly little bit. Occasionally, I feel bad about throwing Pop-Tarts at the kids. But you know what? Not so much anymore. Because in our house, we are more concerned about our morning routine and talking to each other and loving on each other rather than fixing a five-course breakfast meal. It's just how we do it. And everybody's doing A-okay. So hang in there, mama. You are doing great. Your kids are flourishing and they love you and you're not screwing them up. You're setting them up for an amazing life. So enjoy the amazingness right now in this moment. Hey, and remember my friend, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.
you've got something to ignore. 